0: Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the a- Herald. Anthony, what's going on?
1: Uh, I'm doing well, David. Um, it's definitely an interesting time for the Miami Heat. How are you?
0: Anthony, I have a surprise for you. What's that? I got the Tyler Hero burrito yesterday, or the burrito bowl, I guess.
1: What how was it?
0: It was uh, pretty good. I'm not a sour cream guy, but pretty much everything else is like right up my alley. You know, it's the, I always get half chicken, half steak, guac. You know, is is like a little treat yourself kind of thing. I'm um, a pinto beans over a black beans guy at Chipotle. Not overall, but at Chipotle, and um, yeah, it was pretty good. I felt like I had to get it uh, because uh, I don't know what's going to happen to it if Tyler <laughs> Hero gets yeah. traded tomorrow. <laughs>
1: That's a very good point, actually. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, I, I wanted to make sure. I, we, you know, we we talked yesterday, and, and I told you I didn't have it, and then I was like, you know what? I'll get a late lunch. I won't need to bring a meal to the Heat game tomorrow uh, at night. So uh, it was pretty good. And um, I, but I guess they'll just rebrand it as something else because it's not like there's some special Tyler Hero specific ingredient. I guess it's just his go to order at Chipotle. And yeah, uh, it feels like a like there's nothing like crazy about the order. Like I could see a lot of people that being their go-to order, basically.
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask you like, what's the defining quality of the Tali boy? Is there any? honestly?
0: I don't know. I mean, he gets guac, right? Like that's gets He's got NBA player money, so he can buy the guac. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's brown rice, but like you know. For the most part, it's it's pretty standard,
1: pretty basic. All right, it doesn't Let's...
0: it doesn't have some like crazy uh, secret to it.
1: That's something my. I'm probably gonna I'm gonna have to try it. Maybe I'll get it today just because I'm pretty plain. Not that that's a plain bowl, but there's nothing crazy about it, so I'll probably like it. So I might I might give it a shot today and, and give my review. It doesn't have
0: salsa in it. Now that I think about it, there's no salsa in it.
1: I'm good with that. I don't I don't really which like is salsa. weird.
0: That's weird to me.
1: Really, I never get salsa in my bowls, but.
0: Hey. Yeah, I uh, I like the spicy sauce they have. The spicy salsa. Um alright. Let's uh let's get some real basketball talk though. Um, the Heat are riding a four game losing streak now. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday morning. Uh if some trade stuff happens today, uh we will reconvene and record an emergency segment attack on uh in the second half of the episode here. Kinda of feels like Whatever happens is going to happen tomorrow, though, right? Just it seems like there's kind of a lot of teams that, you know, weirdly, like, all of a sudden, it kind of feels like it could be a busy trade deadline with, you know, Oladipo, Lowry. Uh, It seems like Lamarcus Aldridge is going to be a buyout guy. But, like, those are two pretty big names. I know they're not, like, all-star guys anymore. Um, Aaron
1: Gordon, too.
0: Aaron Gordon is out there. Like, a bunch of guys who are are pretty big names. So, all of a sudden, it's starting to kind of feel like it, it could be a busy deadline. Um we will get to trade stuff, though, like I said, in the second half of the episode. We're definitely going to talk about Kyle Lowry, although it really all ties together right now because uh, this Heat team is not playing well at all uh, these last, really, most of these last four games. A um, couple, you know, last night they only lost by 10, but really were that was like a 20-point loss. They are down big for the entire game. Obviously, they had a blowout to the Pacers early in the week, and then even their two close losses during this four-game losing streak were kind of marked by offensive ineffectiveness. Um, and that was definitely uh, I think the story once again last night. Um, they cracked 100, which was, I guess, good. And they shot a little bit better from three, but still like a 40% night from the field. Um, those uh, three shooters who are basically like, what's wrong with them? Those guys did not shoot well. The three-point shooting basically came from Kendrick Nunn uh, getting hot last night, but uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Kelly wow. Lennox stayed cold from deep. Oh, Duncan hit a couple, um, but I, I don't. I don't even know where to start here. I mean, I guess you got to start with the shooting, but it, it's so boring to talk about shooting. But it, it, is that it? Like, when you're watching this offense, are you seeing them? This is just a team that's not making open shots right now, or, or as we hit this losing streak, and some of their flaws have been. Even greater exposure. Are you seeing more than just that?
1: Um, I, I mean, it's more than just outside shooting, but I think the biggest problem by far is the outside shooting, um, and it's really kind of hard to explain. Like, it. I don't even know how to explain. Yeah, I don't even know how to really exp- give a proper explanation for it, just because it the guys have had such a big, like those three, Duncan Robinson, Kelly O'Linick and Tyler here, have such, had such a big dip in the three point percentage from last season. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of misses are open shots. Like I was, I, I tweeted out uh, last night after the game, they, in the first three games of this losing streak, they're shooting 21 of 80 on open to wide open threes as a team. That's 26%. Like I, you know, if you're missing open, if you're missing contested shots, fine. You're not generating open looks. There's a problem with the offense. You're not a, not good spacing. Um, defenses are playing you well. They're missing open shots. And then last yeah. night they shot six of 22, 27% on wide open threes. Um, so again, like, and you see it. Just you don't even need the numbers to see it. Like when you're watching the game, you notice like they're just missing open a lot of open threes. Yeah. Um, and it's just hard to really explain kind of what's going on because. They're getting pretty good looks for the most part, and like I keep waiting, and for that night they're gonna go like twenty for forty on threes, which I feel like is is inevitable at some point, um, just because they do have good shooters on this team, but it hasn't happened yet. Like for for Kelly olinick to go from a career high in three point percentage to a career low, I think he's shooting thirty one percent on threes this season.
0: Yeah, and he was at forty last year.
1: Y- yeah, it's like um, it's it's really it's really. Confusing. Uh, Tyler Hero shooting thirty one percent as well from three. I think he was like thirty seven percent last year. Uh, Duncan has gone from like all time great forty four percent to thirty eight percent, which thirty eight percent is still solid for the volume he shoots, but you know a six percent dip is pretty big. So I, I think you know last year they were the second second most efficient three point shooting team in the league. This year they're the third least efficient <laughs> shooting yeah. three point shooting team in the league. Like that that's the big difference right there. Um and yeah, is it that easy where you just make threes and all of a sudden the offense comes back? Probably not, but it would make a big, big difference um, for this team if they could just start hitting threes at an average rate again instead of you know one of the one of the least efficient.
0: Yeah, this team had such like a specific um alchemy that made them great last year, right? And we've talked about it before. The fact that Jimmy and Bam are non-shooters, there's not a whole lot of teams that have their star guys be total non-shooters. And both those guys really were that last year. You know, Jimmy was just not attempting threes. You know, he's attempting them a little bit more this year and not going in, but um, he's at least attempting some. But the way – so the way they had to win was that those guys basically took care of all the driving and kicking. And then they had an incredible array of three-point shooters to kick out to. Those three guys, obviously, Goran uh, is out right now, but his three-point percentage has also fallen off a little bit from – where he was last year, um, and, and in the regular season, Kendrick Nunn, uh, you know, obviously was not part of the really the bubble run, but was a big part of their offense for most of the regular season. He's really the only shooter who has not fallen off, um, and who's actually improved this year. And he was great last night, and he's kind of their third best player right now. Um, but so as, as soon as some of the pieces like started to come apart, it unravels quickly because this team. Had to play such a specific way that the the pieces complemented each other so well, and and obviously you know you lose Jay Crowder and that hurts, and he hit three threes last night, and you definitely wish you had that, but but still it was it, it's really the I mean it's it's those three shooters plus Goron um who is you know the shooting's not there, but he's also just not playing as anywhere when he's been in the lineup has not been anywhere near as good as he was in the bubble, which is obviously. Uh, when this team was at its best last year. Um, and, I mean, you can kind of feel that and just kind of like how stagnant this offense can be at times, too. I think I think they finished with, like, a fine number of assists last night. But in the first half last night, they had nine assists and ten turnovers. Like, that's terrible.
1: Yeah. And a lot of the turnovers, too, were, like, unforced. Like, it was, like, dribble yeah. handoff miscommunications. Like, it was just, they just looked out of sync. Yeah, and they play
0: this, like, they, they, they play so different than most other, like, great NBA teams that um, you know when it when it looks bad it looks really bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah no and it's it's tough because you can't tell these guys to stop shooting threes. Like at some point you think you know just based on based on math, like the, the it's gonna even out at some point. They're gonna start hitting these open shots. I mean mm-hmm. you, you got they gotta keep taking these open looks for the offense to function. Um, So I, I know there's people on Twitter And I see it in my mentions Like why do they keep shooting Go take it to the bat Like they, they gotta keep If they're open They have to keep taking the threes If not this offense will not function The way it's supposed to So um, you would think You know at some point If these guys are still on the team Past uh, Thursday um, They'll start making shots again I, I don't think Tyler Hero's A 31% three point shooter I, I just think he's better than that I think Kelly's better than a thirty-one percent three-point shooter. I think Duncan is better than a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter. Like, and Goron, like you said, you know he's shooting thirty-five uh, percent. I think it's a little bit down from last year, not much uh, actually, but he just hasn't been available. You know, yeah. he hasn't been available, um, and and they missed that third um, playmaker I mean, that helped them. So I mean, that was that. That's what took him to another level in the playoffs last season.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some of it that you just like kind of feel, you know, going back to the start of the year. Remember, Tyler Hero was the point guard to start the year, and that experiment just didn't work uh, at all. So there's like some of this, some of the like just big picture offensive issues, you know, they knew they had some weaknesses, I think particularly with that, you know, who was going to play point guard, and who was going to be that extra playmaker who can make things work when the sh- shots aren't falling, and, and they just... They haven't had that all year long, and it's fine when the shots are falling because you got Jimmy and Bam are scoring in the paint, and then everyone else is shooting threes like that works. Uh, but again, when those shots aren't falling, they just don't have that third guy. And um, like I said, it can look really ugly. They, you know, they play slow. They, you know, how many possessions did they have last night where kind of they're just dribbling around the perimeter? You know, kind of guys running off screens and trying to set something up. Maybe a Jimmy like kind of methodical drive, and then instead of it ending with a shot with like six seconds on the shot clock, it ends with like them throwing the ball out of bounds or that or you know, miscommunication on dribble handoff. Like that's when it like looks really bad. And I I to, in a lot of ways, you know, I haven't been watching this team necessarily as much as I, I have uh, as I was early in the season, just because um I've kind of been on the Panthers beat a little bit and ha- had a couple other conflicts. But to me, last night was. Kind of as bad as it has looked.
1: You didn't see that Pacers game on Friday. I didn't see the Pacers game.
0: <laughs> but um, I, well, I, yeah, the no. Bucks game, what in the second game of the year, I guess. Also, yeah. it was pretty. That bad. was more.
1: That was more defense because they the yeah. Bucks shoot. I mean, they. I think they set an NBA record for threes that night. Um, but that yeah. I, I mean, I know
0: the I know the the defense wasn't great last night, but like the Suns are really good and they held them to yeah. one ten. And part of that is they, like I said, the Heat are playing a slow pace right now. But still, like the offense is. I mean, that that's where it starts and ends to me right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. And can we, add, can we like, campaign for more minutes from extras? I, I know he has the shortcomings, but, man, that guy could, like, just come off the bench and hit threes. And this team needs a guy to make shots right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely justify it, right? Yeah. Instead I mean, of he, last night, he was really, like, the white flag guy, right? Like, he came in, and that was, I think, was five minutes left. Um, and that was when you knew that they were kind of – Packing it in and going home. Yeah, this
1: offense needs to spark. Some, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe it's Kyle Lowry. Maybe it's yeah, yeah. Maybe it's Tyler Hero finally, you know, making threes or Duncan Robinson having an, uh, making eight threes in a game um, for the first time in a long time. But this team needs something um, because offensively, and, and this thing gets psychological too. Like the fact they're missing this many open shots in consecutive games um, makes me think that some of it is mental. You know, yeah, how it's, much? It's human
0: Bam talked about it last night. Um, basically, that he he kind of assumes like it's weighing on guys. That guys are, you know, they're inevitably going to be scrolling social media and and especially you know it's young guys involved in these rumors. Tyler Duncan. Um, they're, they're inevitably they're going to be looking at what's the reports out there and it's going to be weighing on them. Do you do you kind of buy that as a source for the struggles as maybe in something exacerbating the struggles? How, where do you kind of come down on that issue?
1: It's so hard to say just because we, we don't know what's going on in these guys' heads. But I'll say this. I think it's it would be naive not to think it's at least in their brains and kind of in their mental during a game and, and they continue to miss shots. Um, I, I think it's human nature, like I said, just to, for that to be a factor. You know, when you're thinking, when you're trying to – Trying to bounce back from a game where you went one for seven or zero for seven from three, um, and you're hearing your name in rumors like that's that that doesn't help. So, um, but it's part of the business. Like it is what it is. That's part of being an NBA player. Um, that comes with the territory. And you know, in the end of the day, like a lot of these guys are being rumored to be traded for an all star, an all star talent. It's like with James Harden, like the, the Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Hero before the season, they were being mentioned rumors to be traded for James Harden which is one of the who's one of the best players offensive players in NBA history. So, um, you know, it's not like they're it's not like, you know, they're part of a deal for for a journeyman. So it's it's for a real all-star talent and you know, it doesn't make it easier, but um but I think it at least they understand maybe why why there there's so much noise around this team.
0: So like I said, we're going to talk kind of specifics about Lowry and, and some of the other names out there again I know like by the time a lot of people probably listen to this maybe the deal will already be done because this is coming out Thursday morning who knows when these trades are gonna if these trades happen when they would happen sometime Thursday likely uh, by the deadline at 3 p.m. but I think we can kind of like what we say here will I I kind of think serve as like a big picture, like you know, do they need to make a deal? Why do they need to make a deal? What would these guys do? What are they missing out by not getting some of these guys? So I want to start here. Just at this point, is it like make a trade or bust for this team?
1: I don't think so. Um, I I, know it's probably not a popular answer.
0: I kind of agree, but you you, you go first.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't think so because. Again, this team is missing a lot of open shots. Like they're generating open looks. That's the hardest part. The hardest part is generating open looks. Um and then usually you're going to make a lot of those open looks, but that hasn't been the case um lately and really this entire season. I mean they that's the that's the that's the troubling part. It's been 44 games and the offense has still been bad. I mean they're they're one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA. I know Jimmy missed a lot of that, those games, so you can explain away maybe some of the early struggles to Jimmy not being there. But even since Jimmy returned, the offense has not been good. And a lot of that has to do with the three-point shooting and just the regression in that area. Um, but I still have faith in this. Like, I still trust these shooters. Like, they're good shooters. I I, I probably sound crazy saying that at this point, but they're good shooters. I think they're going to make shots eventually, and that's going to change the entire offense. It's going to help Jimmy. It's going to help Bam. Um, you know, if Goran can get healthy and stay on the floor for a consistent stretch. That's going to help this offense. Like, the personnel still there. We've seen them win a lot of games before. Just last week, we were saying this team's back. They can contend in the East. And, you know, obviously a four-game losing streak will change things. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be – you know, would I, would I think about making a move? Sure. I, I would look to see what's out there, if there's a way to improve the team. But I wouldn't be desperate and trade away a bunch of assets um, just because – You've lost four straight, and things seem so bad right now.
0: Yeah, I think um, that I agree with you on, like, we know that this team can be good, and it wouldn't be a shock if this, like, let's just say this team stayed together, and we get toward the middle of April, and this team is still kind of treading water as, like, a 4-5 or five seed. Like, it wouldn't be a shock if they, like, finish the season on an absolute tear offensively, and then kind of ride that into the... Postseason, you know, Trevor Ariza gets more acclimated. He looked pretty good last night to me, I think. Um, and all of a sudden, like, the Heat are, are right back where they are. Obviously, in the playoffs, the pace tends to slow down a little bit, which I think is conducive to this Heat team. Like, that already kind of plays a, a more methodical pace. Um, it So wouldn't it wouldn't be a shock if this team stayed together. You know, I don't know if they're going to beat the Nets or the Sixers. But it wouldn't be a shock if this team stayed together and made the East Finals, right? Like I think I don't think anyone would necessarily be yeah. shocked by that. Even right. the most you... pessimistic Heat fans right now. How could you be shocked? Right. Um to me the the bigger reason I'm kind of unsure about a trade is like you know Kyle Lowry is great, right? Still like kind of a borderline all-star type guy. He turns 35 tomorrow. Uh Victor Oladipo, I kind of still have faith in Oladipo to be like I don't know if he'll ever be an all-star again, but I have faith for him to get back to, like, that sort of all-star-type level, top 50 player in the NBA range. Then the last guy's on Marcus Aldridge. It's almost not even worth talking about him in the trade conversation because it's most likely going to be a buyout. But, like, if you make a trade for one of these guys, this is your move in all likelihood, right? Like, I know the Heat, we, we really laud them for how creative they are at putting together packages to get all-star type guys and making things work when when it seems like there's no path for it to work. And obviously, you know, NBA superstars could pretty much control where they want to go at this point. So Bradley Beal decides I'm only going to the Heat. He'll wind up on the Heat in all likelihood at some point, even if it's not right away, kind of like Jimmy Butler. uh, Clearly wanted to go to the Heat. Took him a little while to get there. It worked out eventually. Um, But if you – trade Tyler Hero or and or Duncan Robinson for Kyle Lowry like you don't have anything left to trade for Bradley Beal and to me that's like the biggest thing like is that the move you want to make does yeah. Kyle Lowry get you over the hump this year he probably turns you into the third best team in the east or something like that I still don't know if he puts you over Brooklyn or Philadelphia and I know the way that we the, the league operates now is it's win now and figure out the rest later um Go all in. Just keep going all in until you can't go all in anymore. But this is such a strange year. And then we go into an off season where, you know, this was the plan all along. And I know plans change, but this is still like – there's. I know it doesn't look like Giannis is leaving Milwaukee right now, but you never know. And, you know, I think Beal is still – you know, maybe I'm biased as a, as a guy who, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm from D.C. I've watched a lot of Bradley Beal in my life. I think he's really, really good. I think he's a borderline top 10, top 15 guy in the league. Um, if you ha- – you don't want to give up your shot to get a guy like that and instead bring in Kyle Lowry, who is probably going to be really good this year, but who knows what he's going to look like next year or the year after that. Like, Chris Paul is great at 38 or whatever he is, but Chris Paul is, like, the best point – you know, what top – Four point guard of all time. Kyle Lowry is great, but he's not even in the same conversation as a guy like that. I just don't know if this is the move to make, the moment to make it. Um, you know, I think even if you get Kyle Lowry, it's an uphill battle to, to get to the the finals, and then where are you?
1: Yeah, no, I, I I agree with a lot of those points, and you know the one the one player I would not well other than Bam and Jimmy, obviously. Um, The one player I would not include in the Kyle Lauer deal is Tyler Hero. And, you know, you can make the argument that Duncan Robinson helps the Heat more in the short term than Tyler Hero just because of his specific skill set. But just the fact that Tyler Hero, you know, is 21, has a lot of upside still, um, is on a rookie deal, um, and Duncan is going to be a restricted free agent this offseason. You don't even know if he'll be back next season. Um, Yeah, Tyler Hero for me... You you gotta at least keep him, and if you make it if you make a deal for Kyle because you need him, like you said, to make the next move.
0: Um, yeah. and I don't even in, know. if a lot,
1: that, I a lot know of that, ways, at that point, they'll have enough to make the next move, but at least you'll have one player yeah, that you hope would piece. be intriguing. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: In a lot of ways, you almost want to get off Duncan this year if if you don't think you're a title contender, or you know that's if you think you can upgrade that spot because. I know he's having a a off year and you don't know what kind of contract offer he's going to get out there, but you don't want to like give him the Davis Bertans contract, right? Like (laughs) he's better than Bertans, but like, you don't want to give him that contract, that massive contract to a shooter who, you know, if right now if he's shooting 38%, we're complaining about that.
1: Yeah. Like high standards.
0: (laughs) and It's not just high standards, but it's, when when he's not hitting forty plus, like what is he? He's good. He's still a positive offensive player, but he's nowhere near worth like a twenty million dollar a year contract or anything like yeah. that. Like what, what could he get? Because is, is someone's going to offer him that that max the, the max he can get probably right on that restricted deal.
1: Yeah, I mean I I don't know about the max, but he'll get somewhere between you would think twelve to seventeen million a year. Yeah, you know, and probably closer to seventeen million after the money that Bertanz and Joe Harris got. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, the Heat if they want to we keep him, they're gonna have to The shooter
0: him. of all time last year, and like, he's gonna get a lot of money. And and, and I don't know he, if you can afford that if you're the Heat if you want to go get Bradley Beal or or you know someone like that. Yeah. No.
1: I, I I I think that's one of the arguments toward making the trade. If you you know obviously a trade with Duncan, Andre, Kelly would work. The math would work for Kyle. Um. You're trading away three ro- three important rotation players, two starters, and a guy, and then Andre, who plays in pretty much every fourth quarter mm-hmm. and every late game situation. So that's you know you're giving a, your rotations changing significantly. But those are three guys that you know there's a chance that they good chance they might not all be here next season. I mean Andre has yeah. a team option. The Heat is going to decline. Kelly's going to be a free agent. Duncan, I don't know if the Heat are going to pay him that money. Um, so maybe you make the trade with that just thinking, you know, these guys won't be here in three months. We want to get better now. Kyle gives us another playmaker, um, and you and you make that trade off. But um and you know it helps that you got Ariza who you know Ariza could be an Andre Iguodala replacement if Andre is traded. He can play those that role. And then if if you can get Lamarcus Aldridge as a buyout, he can fill in for Kelly. So Kelly. you're basically making those that trade of those three guys for Kyle, Ariza and Aldridge. and you, know, I mean, that you make draft you
0: Buddy Beheim next year. There you go. Exactly. You've got your shooter.
1: <laughs> um, but at the same time, like I, I can see the Heat also thinking, like we gotta. Uh, yes, Lowry's gonna be 35, but we have to maximize Jimmy's window. Jimmy's 31. Yeah. He yep. probably has two or three really, really good years left. Um, and you see last night, like there's no better example than what the other team last night. Okay, Jay Crowder. He wanted to be back. The Heat wanted him, obviously. I mean, they would have liked to have resign him, but they didn't want to go past the one year of guaranteed money because of their plan for the future. And Crowder left, yeah. and they miss yeah. him. So and you that, do
0: not want to get caught up in like the sunk cost fallacy, which definitely kind of happened with the last, you know, with the, um, you know, the Dion Tyler bunch. Like yeah. once you once they gave him that money, they kind of had to stick with it. They should have been trying to get out of like those contracts basically right away, and like figured out how to get back to contention. So that is, that's true. You don't want to get caught up in that or like, just because you've pinpointed next year as the window to, to make a deal. Like you don't want to, cause you don't want to get to that. And then nothing happens there either. And you've wasted two years. And yeah, yeah I think the point you make about Jimmy being 31 and trying to maximize his windows, it's part of what I was saying earlier with like right now the NBA model is go all in until you can't go all in anymore. Um, and I buy into that, but I just at the same time, I just don't know if – is is Kyle Lowry, is Victor Oladipo, are, are those really all-in moves at this point? Yeah.
1: Well, and again, I, one other example I was going to bring up, I think it was like three years ago, maybe two years ago, Chris Paul was a name that was linked to the Heat, I remember. And I remember all of us pretty much saying, you can't trade for that contract. He's know, making know, like $40 million and he's going to be 35. There's no way. He's always injured. He, got, he was going through the growing injuries with Houston at the time. Um and look at him now, like, that probably would have been a nice move for the if they Definitely would have would been have. able to yeah. get Chris Paul. Imagine Chris Paul on this team, like, they'd be really, really good. So, you know, I agree with you, but there's other, I think, you know, I'm not saying Carl Lowry Chris Paul, but, um, you know, he could have a similar type of impact as Chris Paul just because of his two-way ability and, um, you know, good his shooter. experience and yep. good shooter and pretty good, you know, tough defender. Um, so... Maybe the, you know, Pat Riley's like, "Look, we already made this mistake a couple times. We're not going to make it again. If we can have a chance to get an All-Star point guard, we're going to go for it." You know, so we'll see. It's a they have a big decision to make. They're at a crossroads where, you know, they you know, to get a guy like Kyle, they're going to really they're going to have to break up this core that just advanced to the finals a few months ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the middle of a four-game losing streak with this team searching for answers, maybe this is the time.
0: Before we step too much on Kyle Lowry, let's take a quick break and then we will uh, come back and kind of dive into those three names um, that have kind of been out there as probably the biggest name guys the Heat are uh, looking into. All right, we're back. I'll I'll say the one thing about Kyle Lowry this team would be a lot more fun to watch with Kyle Lowry. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, it'd be. I mean, they need that. That's the guy they need on off. On you know, obviously they could use Bradley. Yeah, DFC, I. Whenever I can
0: picture it, it's like, oh, that's perfect.
1: It makes it really makes sense. Jimmy and and Kyle Lowry are like very similar yeah. people, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and very like just guys that get under people's skin and are you know competitive and Bam is similar in that way too. So it'd be a fun team to watch and a fun team for Heat fans to root for.
0: They um, would take any team in the East to like six at least.
1: Oh yeah, they'd be a, they'd be brutal to play against, right? Yeah, like they'd be terrible. <laughs> really rough to play against in a playoff series. Um and then even Aldridge, yeah, I know Aldridge isn't what he used to be and his defensive metrics have not been great and the Spurs have actually been worse when he's been on the court recently. Yeah. But it, you know, I could see him playing well next to Bam in a lineup mm-hmm. with like La Kyle and Jimmy. Like that could be an interesting lineup. So I you know, if if that does Come to fruition and it's Kyle and Aldridge Instead of and, and Ariza instead Of you know Duncan uh, Kelly and uh, Andre like I could See that that new Wave of players kind Of instilling you know in putting some Some uh, giving this team kind Of what it needs like a spark and also You know some more high level Talent like the obviously Kyle's a, a High level talent that this team Could use you know to take some of the Pressure off of Bam and Jimmy so um I I don't think this team is, should be desperate for a trade. Um but I could see them making those moves.
0: With Kyle, do you um So uh, I'll just go point blank on this. Do you think they should trade for Kyle Lowry?
1: Do uh it depends we, on what the deal is. If it If includes it takes
0: the, let's if it uh, if it takes Tyler Hero? I would not. If it takes Duncan?
1: Um I love Duncan. I think he's more important than people think. I think this. I think not ha, not having him would really impact the offense more than people think, just because of his shooting and the spacing he provides, even when he's not making shots. Um, but I might only because he's going to be a restricted free agent, and I don't know what's going to happen this offseason.
0: Yeah, I think that's where I basically come down to the the fact that the under or the the fact that basically three guys you can deal might not be here anyway next year make it worth it. Uh, With Kyle, the interesting thing out there is that uh, I think it was Brian Windhorst reported that basically he's viewing this as his free agency right now, or his agent is viewing this as his free agency, um, and the expectation is if he gets traded, he'll sign an extension. If he doesn't get traded, he'll sign an extension in Toronto, or or Tampa, I guess. Um, What what, what have... What do you think that means for the Heat? Like, what kind of contract are we looking at here? Obviously, he's you know going to be thirty-five on deadline day, so um, it's it's not like he, you're you're signing him and expecting him to be a be a star for the next five years uh, with Jim and Bammy. Jim, Jim and Bammy. <laughs> Jim and Bammy. <laughs> I like I like that actually. Yeah, I like that better okay. than Jimmy and Bam.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Bam and Jimmy. <laughs>
1: Um, I'll keep I, it
0: in. Keep it in.
1: Yeah, I like that. Now keep it in. Um, <laughs> I, I see – I so we received clarification yesterday that Kyle is not eligible for an extension. Um, So I don't know if, you know, Brian meant
0: – Wink, wink. Nudge, wink, wink
1: extension. Yeah, yeah, because it's – I mean, you would think it's going to come with the understanding if he gets traded. Like I'm yeah,
0: like, be, like a trade always. Yeah. Every big – anytime an all-star gets traded, usually there's something like that.
1: Exactly. So I, I I would think it's something like, you know, two years – Fifty million or one year, twenty-five million with a team option in the second year, something like that, where you're giving him close to max money, you know, but on a short-term deal, and he would be able to do that because and really keep most of the roster, even Goron.
0: How much does it hamstring you for a like a Beal trade or something?
1: I mean, he has bird rights, so you can go over the cap to sign Kyle, um, and then for a Beal trade, I mean, it just depends on on what you're going to send out for Beal at that point. So it's hard to say. Um, but you, you know, since Beal's not going to be a free agent, and you probably acquire him in a trade, um, it really shouldn't impact the Beal pursuit because you could make the salaries work if you're having to trade away salary for Beal. So, um, you know, if if a Beal was going to be a free agent, then I would be like, yeah, it's going to impact things. But um, it helps that he's not, you know, at least in in, in the upcoming offseason.
0: season. All right, um, I think that's enough. Kyle Lowry talk. Um, I want to talk about Victor Oladipo too. He's the other name that's kind of been floated out there. Is seems like a guy's probably going to move at uh, this deadline. He, I would say at least like peripherally in that conversation. Where do you kind of come down on Oladipo? I remember talking to you in the during that Pacers series last year, and I think we were like both like, ah, Victor Oladipo. He kind of looks like he's uh you know, he's not he's not what he used to be, but he's at least like. Back to to being a productive guy, dangerous, you know, off the dribble guy, guy who can hit sh- some jumpers. Where do you come down on him now? Do you think he makes sense at all for this Heat team?
1: Um, I I wouldn't trade for him if, if I'm the Heat this season. Yeah, only I think, because
0: yeah, I
1: he, he he he. I mean, it's well known he wants. To, I feel like it's a, like the worst kept secret. that I know, he wants that to he play wants for the, to, the
0: Heat. Yeah, exactly.
1: So you, why trade assets for him? Which is apparently what Houston wants, like young players and picks. Um when you could sign him in three months and you know, there is still the question of Victor Oladipo, like how good can he be? Can he stay healthy? I mean, he's shooting 40% since he went to Houston and 32% on three. So he hasn't exactly been great or efficient. Um, And, you know, that's why I think you saw, you know, Woj's report on Tuesday where he said, you know, the Knicks and the Heat have interest in Oladipo, but they don't want to trade really anything for him because, they both have cap space in the offseason. Uh, but I guess there is a market with capped-out teams who d- would not have cap space this offseason and would not have a chance to sign Oladipo, um to trade something, you know, at least a-, a couple assets for him this season for the chance to sign him in the offseason. So it seems like it might not be the Heat who gets Victor, you know, this week, but it could be a team with no cap space that wants his bird rights and which would facilitate, you know, which would give them a chance to at least keep him. Um, long-term when he's a free agent, you know, in a few months.
0: Yeah. It, again, it feels like he's going to move just because there's no incentive for Houston to hang on to him. Um, yeah. Houston wants to get
1: something for him and not losing for nothing at this yeah. point. Yeah,
0: But, um, but it feels like he could get traded. I don't even know what other teams are like kind of in the mix for him, but like he could get traded somewhere and he's not in a, it doesn't seem like he's necessarily in a Kyle Lowry situation where wherever he gets traded is where he's staying, right? Like he could easily get traded somewhere and, yeah, sign somewhere else this offseason. I feel like a
1: team would just be play, taking a gamble on most of Like, okay, let's trade for him. Let's, have, let's at least put ourselves in the game for him. Yeah,
0: maybe throw maybe in it a, like a late first-round pick for yeah. him. Basically exactly.
1: The deal. exactly. And and maybe Houston takes that because, again, they fear. They're not keeping him anyway. Yeah, yeah. they're probably not going to keep him. So.
0: Yeah, I, I come down on the same uh, end of things there. The last name, and you touched on him, LaMarcus Aldridge. It does not seem like he's going to – the Heat are going to trade for him, but in kind of that same Victor Oladipo sense, it feels like there's a chance he winds up on the Heat because they might sign him if he gets bought out. Um, I love him as a buyout guy, especially, as you pointed out, if they lose Kelly Olenek.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think – if you have to trade Keller Lindek, like he's, it's, it works out seamlessly. Like you have a guy who does some of the same things that give Kelly a, does.
0: Give him number nine, make him wear a wig.
1: Yeah, there you go. I like that. Actually, that's a good with a, with a with a headband. Yeah. Um. I I I think you know, and you and you've heard the, you've seen the reports where the Heat are considered the front runners for him, and I've heard yeah. the Heat are very interested in LaMarcus as well. Um, and it seems like the interest is mutual. Interest is mutual. So, um. I, I think, you know, I, it'd be interesting to see if the Heat do not make a move and Kelly's still here on Thursday, if they still sign LaMarcus. I don't know if they do, um, just because that would seem like you're just further crowding the power rotation, but maybe they maybe they still do. But I, um, that's what I'm interested in. Like, I, I think if, if, if nothing happens and the Heat do not make a trade, or if the Heat make a trade but Kelly's not involved, would they still sign LaMarcus? Um so we'll see because it it all it does I mean who knows I mean, anything can happen in the next 48 hours but it does seem like it's trending toward a Lamarcus ending up in Miami um as a buyout guy but um I, I don't know if it depends on on what the Heat does you know trade wise uh, before Thursday's deadline.
0: Yeah, and he he again he just feels like a like an obvious flyer for me as a buyout guy.
1: Yeah, no, it makes it makes sense. Um, and I'm, the Heat don't have the disabled player exception anymore, so it's not like they can right. offer him the four million. So it's probably going to be a minimum contract because I don't see yeah. them using the biannual either because they want to keep that for next season. So you're probably looking at signing uh, Lamarcus to a, a minimum deal. So yeah, that's a. I think if you have a chance to do that, you definitely. Yeah, have.
0: and I think in a lot of ways it makes sense for him because if you're trying to kind of have like a prove it situation here. You, know, you don't want to go necessarily like the Lakers or Clippers, where you like might not play. Actually, Clippers, it kind of feels like you would play, but like the Lakers or the Nets or whatever, you know, where they just got Blake Griffin and who knows if he's even going to play. Um, whereas in Miami, if Olenek gets moved, like he's got an obvious role, he's going to play a lot. And I think, you know, everyone trusts the Heat to like maximize talent. Uh, are there any other names floating around out there at the deadline that interest you? Aaron Gordon. Um, who else has been out there? Norm Powell. Norm Powell is uh, interesting,
1: but I don't think the Heat yeah. are going to get him. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is another name that's been linked to Spencer the Heat. Spencer
0: Dinwiddie. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. But he's I not mean, playing this year, right? He's out for the year. Yeah, that's that's the interesting. That doesn't make part sense to me at all. Yeah, yeah it's like.
1: That. I mean, it would give. He's going to be a free. Well, he's, he has an option, but he's expected to opt out of that option. Yeah. So he'll be a free agent, and it would give the Heat his bird rights. So they could. It's more of like a long term play. Yeah, 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 I know you could keep him, and, and Dinwiddie's a good player. He's a good guard, and he would help this offense for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen, if the Heat have a chance to get Lowry or another impact player for this season, just because, like you said, there's the good, There's a good chance uh, Dinwoody would not play the rest of the year. So, um, But, yeah, that, that's another interesting one that I, I've seen the Heat link to in a few places.
0: Um, a- Anyone else? Pace is reportedly listening to Offers for Brogdon. I would love Brogdon on the team, but I can't that's, imagine that they can make that work.
1: That's weird, right? I feel like that's... Yeah, uh, very weird.
0: It, like Miles Turner? They don't need Miles Turner.
1: No. I, although last year I said though. Miles... I although last hilarious. year I did say... It would be... Last year I said Miles Turner would be perfect next to Bam just because he could shoot threes and protect the rim. Um yeah. And I still kind of could see that, um, but yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that that's, that's going to... Happen before Thursday. Um, Bradley
0: Bradley Beal. Would you trade for Bradley Beal?
1: Yes, I would. <laughs> I, would I would trade for Bradley Beal for sure. Um, I, I mean, who else is who else is out there? I'm trying to think. I mean, Kentavious uh, Caldwell Pope. I guess the Lakers are are floating his name out according to reports. Um, but I don't see the Heat getting in on that. So
0: yeah. I, I really th- like at this point, it's like one of these All Star guys we've talked about. Yeah. And I'll, I'll count Aldridge because he's a former All Star in that. Comp- I guess i all- three of these guys are really just former all-stars now, but it kind of feels like it's that or bust right now. Like they've already made their fringe move with Ariza. Um, You know, maybe there's another small move they make uh, or obviously like the Aldridge buyout market, but it feels like they, the, the move here is you're, you're taking your big swing right now. You've taken your, you know, you've, you've taken a, you fouled off a couple pitches. You got Trevor Ariza. Um, now you're taking a your big swing.
1: Now Can I say one thing? One thing, just because I think expectations has been have been ratcheted up because of all the Kyle Lowry talk. Um, yeah. If it does not happen, and I would have told Heat fans, you know, a month ago that they were going to end up with Trevor Ariza as another wing, you know, to help fill that that small ball forward role that, that they've needed. They need an extra player like that on this roster, um, and they're also going to find a way to get LaMarcus Aldridge um, as a buyout guy and a minimum contract. I think most Heat fans would have been fine with that. You know, if you're not giving up Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and, and those young asset pressures and young assets, if you end up with those two guys. So I just want to keep things into perspective because I, I could see this trade deadline passing and, and the Heat don't get Kyle Lowry. And yeah, everyone's definitely. so disappointed. But if they can end up with Trevor Ariza and Marcus Aldridge, yeah, it doesn't, like, make them a championship, automatically make them a championship contending team. But I think it makes them a better team. Um, So definitely. just, you know, if you're listening to this, after the deadline and you're disappointed, just keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. And again, like, you want to be going all in in the NBA, but you also want to be stacking assets and to, so you can go all in. And, and I think the last thing you want to do is, like, kind of go half in, right? And the, the Heat is already more than half in because they're a top four, top five top team in the East. And, you know, I think if they don't make a move, like I said, it wouldn't be a surprise if they made a run to the East finals or something like that. Uh, But you don't want to go half in and kind of be stuck, like, with a Beal, Bam, Lowry core that can't beat the top two or top three teams in the East either. So, um, yeah, I I think if you're a Heat fan, you can talk yourself into anything out of this week. I think most people have talked themselves into Kyle Lowry right now. I think it's justified, but um, I agree with you. If they don't don't deal for him, it's it's not the end of the world. There's still, you know, NBA superstars move a lot. You want to have the pieces to, to make your move when uh, the next guy comes available. Um, and I think if you if you don't if you stand pat, you've got some of those pieces available except for those draft picks that, that should be one of their priorities here try to figure out what what they need with the uh, with the thunder so that they can move a pick one day because they're going to need to do that eventually. Yeah, I feel like they they
1: probably could do it if they wanted to, you know, yeah. like Yeah, I mean that's that. the
0: thing. They I guess they won't do it until right before they have to, but right. figure that out. No, yeah, have no your plan. Make sure you have got have your the plan. plan in place. Yeah, yeah, have
1: the it's like the emergency the emer- in case of emergency plan like they just yeah. go to OKC immediately and like, "We'll give you this. Please give us our picks." <laughs> so, yeah, I, I at least they have that out where. Yeah, they don't have currently have a pick to trade or an unprotected first round pick to trade, but um just by unlocking that one pick that's owed to OKC it frees up two first-round picks for the Heat. So yeah. there is a way. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I think it'll—I think they'll wait until they actually need to use them before, mm-hmm. before removing those protections.
0: All right, let's finish up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Uh, he'll have all your trade deadline stuff covered. Uh, whenever you guys listen to this, we'll probably have a trade deadline live blog up at MiamiHerald.com. So uh, be sure to follow along all through deadline day there. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. I will also be helping out on that uh, trade deadline blog that we will have up Thursday and should be a busy day in heat world. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I love the trade deadline. Yeah, this
1: one is, uh, I mean, trade deadlines are always busy, but I don't, you know, since I've covered this team, this is probably the loudest the noise has been around the heat. Like they're a major player entering the deadline. So uh, it's going to be, I think it could be a defining moment for this team one way or the other. Um, Yeah especially if they get Kyle Lowry because they'll be breaking up the core. So uh, it'll be interesting.
0: All right, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.